with you. Amen. This morning, I want to talk about what to do when you're overwhelmed. How many's ever been overwhelmed before? What to do when you're overwhelmed? It's from Psalm 61. Psalm 61. I want to read this to you. Psalm 61 says this. It's for the director of music with stringed instruments. So this was, it's a psalm of David. So it's a, it's a song. That's what songs, psalms are. It's a book of songs that were sung. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. King James says, when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. Selah. For you, God, have heard my vows. For you have given me, you have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Increase the days of the king's life for his years, his years for many generations. May he be enthroned in God's presence forever. Appoint your love and faithfulness to protect him. Then I will sing in praise of your name and fulfill my vows day after day. The thought I'm going to use is from verse 2, which is what to do when you're overwhelmed. What to do when you're overwhelmed? Overwhelmed means to overspread or crush beneath something violent or weight and weighty that covers or encompasses the whole. To immerse or bear down. Really, those circumstances or things can do that to people and cause them to have these feelings. Sometimes we can have such a heaviness of heart, we can feel inundated and immersed and weighted down from what seems to be attacks on us from out of nowhere to the point of being overwhelmed. And David writes that this, he writes this song about his heart being so overwhelmed and faint, weak in his spirit. And what can he do about it? So I believe this is a powerful lesson that we can learn today, uh, that we can learn for when my heart is overwhelmed. So what to do when you're overwhelmed? The number one thing is cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. Contrary to the once popular song, don't cry out loud. Any of you under probably 40 have no idea what that song is. Um, we are not meant to bottle up our emotions, our problems, our difficulties. We were never designed to internalize, life, internalize life's issues. In fact, there was a 2013 study by the Harvard School of Public Health and, and the University of Rochester that showed people who bottled up their emotions increased their chance of premature death from all causes by more than 30%, with the risk of being diagnosed with cancer increasing by 70%. I bet you didn't know that. We must have a way to let out the stress or not be consumed by these things. And the lesson we learn from David is to cry out to the Lord. In verse 1, he called on the, he called on the Lord. He said, hear my cry. Listen to my prayer. And then verse 2, he says, from the ends of the earth, I call on you when my heart grows faint, when my heart is overwhelmed. In other words, when I feel like I've been pushed to the limit, when I feel like I've been pushed further than I can endure... When I feel helpless, when I feel exhausted, I will not hold anything back, but I will cry out to the Lord with everything that I've got within inside me. The word cry, by definition, means to shout, exclaim, call out, yell, scream, weep, blubber, bawl, shed tears, wait, any or all of these things. 
whatever I need to do to let God know what the full extent of, of what's going on inside me, the depths of my heart and the inward struggle, and that God, I have to hear from you. I've got to hear from you. What to do when you're overwhelmed? The number two thing is to pray specifically to the rock. Pray specifically to the rock. This is the prayer. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. That's what David said. This is what David was referring to when he said, the rock that is higher than I. Well, Psalm 18.2 says, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I want to take key words out of, out of there and I want you to get what these definitions are, all of these things. The definitions are the rock is a firmness, a, fir a firm or immovable foundation. A fortress is a stronghold, a place of defense or security. This is what he's saying the Lord is. The Lord is my deliverer. The rock is my deliverer. He is one who delivers, who one who rescues or releases a, 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 pers a, a preserver. God is my refuge, that which shelters or protects from danger, distress or calamity, a stronghold. I think it's on the next slide. A stronghold which protects by its strength or of a sanctuary or a sanctuary which secures safely by its sacredness any place inaccessible to the enemy. He's a shield, which is a cover from danger to defend, protect, or secure from assault or injury. These are all the things that the Lord is. He is a horn, which is a, a symbol of strength and power. It's an emblem of glory, honor, and dignity. He's the horn of my salvation. He's a stronghold, a place of security or survival. He's a place of security or survival. David was praying to the Lord to lead or guide his way back to the rock. God Almighty, who is higher, more exalted in character, elevated above everything else. David knew that he, when he was overwhelmed that he needed God to lead him back to the rock because the rock was higher than he was. Why did David need to be led back to the rock? Verse 3 says, For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. You have been that strong tower for me. Just as the Lord has been a strong tower or a tower of strength for David, he is our strong tower, and we will be protected from the enemy of our soul. What to do when you're overwhelmed? Number three is spend time in the presence of the Lord. We got a taste of that this morning. Verse 4, David says, I long to dwell in your tent forever. I believe there, there was a specific prayer recalling, this was a specific prayer recalling the presence of the Lord, the glory cloud that I talked about before. You read in Exodus chapter 33 when Moses went to the tent of meeting and the Bible says that the glory of the Lord came down and when Moses left the tent of meeting, you didn't even know Joshua was in there. But at the end of that chapter, it says Joshua, the son of Nun, stayed inside the tent because he was in the glory of the Lord. He wasn't ready to leave yet. Moses left out, but Joshua said, I'm going to stay here for just a little bit. 
David told the Lord that he will dwell in the Lord's tent. So when my heart is overwhelmed, it's time to declare that I will dwell in the tent of the Lord in his very presence. Also in verse 4, David said he would trust in the shelter of the wings of the Lord. The shadow or shelter of God's wings represents love, protection, strength, and his gracious presence. When my heart is overwhelmed, I will take refuge under his wings as I come to him in prayer and rely upon him solely in faith. The metaphor, the shelter or shadow of your wings is drawn from the imagery of a hen protecting her young with, with her wings. It expresses a tender protection that only God can provide to his children. I remember when I was a little boy, we used to have chickens. And uh, we had about 15 or so. And my dad came home from work one day and the neighbor's dog had gotten into our yard. Oops. And there were dead chickens everywhere and he caught the dog still I thought he was going to kill that dog <laughs> but hidden in some tall grass was one hen with her chicks underneath her because she didn't move and she was protecting her young that kind of protection under the wings, those chicks were safe as long as that mother knew what to do. And I've got news that our Heavenly Father knows exactly what to do. We're in the shelter of His wings. When my heart is overwhelmed, verse 4 says, I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. And then it says the word Selah. You'll see that in the, in the margin of the NIV and you'll see it in the King James, which is a... Um, it really is a open for discussion. A lot of scholars really are not sure what that word means. Some think it's a musical term, and it appears time and time again in the Psalms. But it's also believed to be a stopping point or a pondering spot or a pausing part to just say, think about what you just read. So it's like, I long to dwell in your tents forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. Say, La, that means just stop right there. Read it again. Let it come home to you. Let it get in your heart and in your soul that, Lord, I'm going to dwell in your tents forever. I'm going to take refuge in the shelter of your wings. So when my heart is overwhelmed, I must cry out to the Lord. Not hold, on to any, not hold anything back. I also need to pray specifically to the rock that is higher than I. What to do when you're overwhelmed, number four, is remember your commitment to the Lord. Remember your commitment to the Lord. In verse 5, David tells the Lord for you. For you, O Lord, for you, God, have heard my vows, my solemn promises and commitments to you. Those were not just meaningless words, meaning that when I committed myself to you, Lord, it was true and it was with everything within me and it wasn't just a surface thing. When I remember my commitment to the Lord, I also remember as David wrote, you have given me the heritage of those who fear or reverence your name. In other words, I've been given a legacy of your influence in my life because there were other godly people that came into my life who poured into my life emphasizing your presence. The only thing that will last, which is what really matters in life. There are a lot of things in life that matter, but the only things that will truly matter are the things that are eternal. And when we pour into someone else's life, that heritage, that legacy of godliness that we have in our character because of Jesus Christ, that's the only thing that will last and stand the test 
of eternal time. Verse 6, he says, Increase the days of the king's life, his years for many generations. David, who was king, never expected to live for generations. But he believed that just as those who influenced the nature and character of the Lord and heritage into his life would do the same and influence God's heritage to those passed down through the generations. And we still realize that David's, David's heritage still pours into our lives because we can read about what God did for him. And that pours and fills up us as well. We must continue to pour God's presence and heritage into the lives of others. We cannot do that if our heart stays overwhelmed because we're too consumed with thinking about what we're overwhelmed about. But we have to get past that and we do that. What to, what to do when you're overwhelmed? Number five is to continually experience the presence of the Lord. Continually experience the presence of the Lord. You don't go to the water, to the well, and just get a drink. And then you're good. You have to continually go back or you will die. The same is true in a spiritual sense. We have to keep going back or spiritually we'll die. I'm not talking about losing your salvation. I'm talking about losing your ability to function as a child of God with victory over those things that come against you in life. Because if we don't keep going back and say, experience the presence of the Lord, then we open ourselves up to more attacks than ever before. And if he can keep us focused on the things uh, that are in our lives and not the Lord, the enemy, if he can do that, that's what he wants to do. He wants to be content doing that. So verse, uh, verse 7 says, May he, talking about the king, be enthroned in God's presence forever. Appoint your love and faithfulness to protect him. And verse 8 says, Then I will sing, ever sing praise to your name and fulfill my vows day after day. It was, it was David's prayer that he continually experienced the presence of the Lord forever. He knew that when he was in God's presence, he would be surrounded by God's love and God's faithfulness. It would cause him to go from having a, a, a heart that was overwhelmed to a heart that was able to sing praises to God. In the midst of being overwhelmed, he says, I am not going to be overwhelmed because I am turning to the Lord. We must have a desire to encounter the presence of the Lord forever because he is faithful, church. Yes, he is. So there again, Going through the five points. Cry out to the Lord. Pray specifically to the rock. Spend time in the presence of the Lord. Remember to commit your commitment to the Lord and continually experience the presence of the Lord. When Peter declared that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God, in Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, Upon this truth, meaning the, this rock, from the Greek word Petra, it's an immovable stone that Jesus said He would build this church and the gates of hell shall not prove stronger than it, than it or will not prevail against the church. Meaning that on this belief that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is the rock, is the Messiah, is the Son of the living God, that rock is the rock that we now go to. He is Jesus Christ, our cornerstone. Isaiah 28, 16 says, So when this sovereign Lord says, See, I lay in Zion a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, for a sure, for a sure foundation, the one who relies on 
it will never be stricken with panic. You want panic to leave out of your life. You want the overwhelming feeling to leave your life. Then you go to the rock that is higher than you are. And His name is Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 4 verse 11 says, Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. I'm not going to elaborate a lot on the cornerstone. I preach messages on it, but what it really is is in, in masonry and construction. The cornerstone is really the stone that is first set into place, and every stone is set in conjunction and relation to that stone because that stone is what sets the pattern for everything else. And when he is our chief cornerstone, when we've laid that laid it out for him in, 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 in the cornerstone when he is our rock he is the one that we put our hopes, dreams and everything on and all of our life patterns after the cornerstone so what to do when you're overwhelmed I'm going to put these five points again but we're going to add cry out to Jesus pray specifically to the rock which is Jesus Spend time in the presence of the Lord, which is Jesus. Remember your commitment to the Lord Jesus and continually experience the presence of Jesus. Jesus is the answer because Jesus is the rock that is higher than I. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel like you've been overwhelmed and you just feel like you've been beat down. Uh, Can I tell you that Jesus is the rock that is higher than you are? And we're going we're gonna to open up for prayer this morning. Um, maybe you've got a special need from the Lord that you, you just have to have a breakthrough. Can I tell you that Jesus is your cornerstone? Yes. What to do when you're overwhelmed? Do these things. Basically, put Jesus first in every way, in every measure in your life. And He will always, always be there for you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning for your goodness and for your mercy. And I ask, Lord, that you would just touch through our hearts. Lord, we know that life can bring challenges, can bring difficulties, can bring despair and issues that many times are so tough to deal with. But we know, God, that you are our cornerstone. We know that you are the rock that is higher than we are. We commit to you this morning, Lord, all of those things all of those things Lord so that we're not overwhelmed we transfer that over to you because we are not designed to handle those things we thank you for it we praise you for it in the name of Jesus Amen